Welcome to the newest episode of Walnut Grovecast. Autumn is nearly here, and as many of you know, that is my favorite season. I have a lot in store for you guys, which includes not only the two antique book giveaways in the next couple weeks, but also another giveaway for October. More info to come. I would like to thank the following supporters for their continuous support. Suzanne Holland, Spunky Cheek, Leah Mitchell from the Retro TV Podcast, Laura Salarin, Kim and Jack Lair from the Unsolved Mysteries Rewind podcast, Chris Hassler from the VHS Rewind podcast, Dana Wilkins, Chantelle Dubois Nishiyama, Peyton England, Angela Bowen from the Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, Anne Quinn, Dottie Cashin, Stacey Keller, Matt Mercier, Dean Butler, Gerald Lang from the OSI Files podcast, Jeannie Comer, Jeannie Schneider-Mitchell, Jeff Griffin, Julia Monin, Laura Furman, Megan Parker, Melissa Gilbert, The No Agenda Podcast, Rebecca Harris, Sherry Benner, Susan King, Teresa Trapp, Valerie Williams, Whitney. Whitney, I don't have a last name for you, so if you want me to kind of slide it in there, send me a message. Brian S., Bobby Young, Brenda Worsley, Chris Cooling from the Forgotten.TV Podcast, Don Roberts, Samantha Larson-Randall, Max Duration, Liz Serha and Aaron Wortman. Liz is playing catch-up on the show, but is also going through a tough time. On behalf of the Walnut Grovecast family, I just wanted to take a moment and say we hope and pray you're doing well. Aaron and Liz will be celebrating four years together in a few weeks, so congratulations is very much in order. Congratulations to you two. To all of you, thank you again for your support. If you would like to support Walnut Grovecast, please visit patreon.com slash walnutgrovecast. Without further delay, please enjoy the newest episode of Walnut Grovecast. Welcome to Walnut Grovecast. My name is Mark. Like, that's important anymore. Um, but what is important is that I have Kim Layer on today. How are you, Kim? Oh, I am doing so well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Welcome back. Um, this, I, I'm, I hate to admit it, and I'm not going to mention the episode. I, I want you to talk about what episode we're doing, but I do want to just say, just right away, because I know I give Mary a hard time. Mm-hmm. I kind of love Mary in this episode, and I just, I didn't realize how much I liked Mary um, up until, I'm going to say the last three weeks, when I've watched more of these things, and I got to just say, I'm a big fan of Mary in this particular episode. I wonder if people, well, people probably know what episode it is, right? It says it right on the title. 
Yeah, but just in case you didn't see it, uh, we are talking about I'll be waving as you drive away. But I completely agree. Melissa Sue Anderson really ratchets up her acting. Like, first four seasons are just her laying in wait to just become, you know, right. Adam and to go blind. Like, she really turns it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, like, I did, I do see an inkling, uh, the beginning of a pretty serious actress here. And I don't know what kind of happened. I mean, I wonder if it was like maybe um, I really should read her book because maybe there's an answer there. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm kind of I would have loved to see her grow into a little bit more of um, a dramatic actress. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, who am I talking about here? It's Mary <laughs> <laughs> yelling at Kill Gerard. But so, you know, these shows this aired. um March 6th, 1978, and the thirteen March 13th, 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 41 years ago, about. No, 42 years ago. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that this show still, this um, particular episode, really nails it when it comes to the fears that I think maybe we all do have um, when we have vision, when we have sight. Now, I've been, I think I might have mentioned... Um, I've been reached out in the past by um, one particular person who is blind and they like the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe they lost their vision um, as an adult. And um, mm-hmm. believe it or not, and this is it almost sounds like a little bit of a joke because that's how this email began. Um, a deaf person listens to our show beca- because it gets captioned. Um, oh, great. Yeah, it gets captioned on YouTube. So I, I feel bad that I don't put many of the episodes on YouTube, but they get pulled off of YouTube because we play so many clips. So I'm trying to figure out something. I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly not able to write all of my words. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd punch myself in the face if I had to write my own words after saying them. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd be so depressed at the end of the day. (laughs) I said that? That had to be Kim. (laughs) Um, So so anyway, I'm kind of playing around with the idea. It'd be kind of cool if I can figure out something. But um, the person was just asking me if I'm uploading more, and it's – Sadly, no, they, uh, there are more up there, but they get pulled down. So, mm. Sorry, it's YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm honored that people are listening to the show, and I think it's pretty cool. So, all right, so I'll be waving at as you drive away um, is, is a big line in this particular. It's only uttered once. We'll get to it, of course. But um, I say we jump right into it. Let's do it. And the show, was, I mean, I will say this first clip, Immediately makes me think, oh, shut up, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, teacher, you forgot to give us homework. Totally. Yeah, but it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no. <laughs> no, it's interesting because her first line is, Mrs. Sims is nowhere in sight. And I'm like, ooh, are we foreshadowing that Mary can't see? I was questioning who the hell's Mrs. Sims. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, I did, that totally got lost on me until... Um, a much later scene, um, you know, that really, really got lost on me. I don't know why I didn't really think about it. I was more, mm. I, I think I was more annoyed at Mary than I was <laughs> at wondering who this character was. <laughs> it trumped the, um, the anger that I had. <laughs> and we even have Nellie in the background, just kind of hanging out alone, reading. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, I don't know what she'd be reading, but I'll think about it. Mrs. Sims is nowhere in sight. Good. <laughs> That'd be you, right? Good. <laughs> Who wants her here? 
Oh, no. I'm the opposite. I am such a goody two-shoes. Oh, really? I would be, yeah, I'd be like, it's time to start school. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> You'd be clapping the erasers. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. With Willie. No. All right. Oh, my God. It's getting late. Guess I better ring the bell. What for? You're not the teacher. She told me to assemble the class if she ever happened to be late. I never heard her say that. Well, you can check with her when she gets here. Time for school! This is the highlight of Mary's moment right here, right? This is mm-hmm. it. She's playing teacher. It's something she always wanted to do. Exactly. Teacher and training. Yeah. No, there's no school now. I've just received word from Mrs. Sims that her son Luke has come down with the measles. No, her son Luke, what is that whole story again? Because, like, here come the bride. Yeah. Nellie's ex-husband is Mrs. Sims, a.k.a. Yes. Miss Beatles' stepson. I don't remember the son, I guess. I don't know. He was... Oh. I don't He's know a why. Big, I'm lanky not. farmer boy with, like, blonde hair. Yeah, now I kind of remember him, but... Um, hmm. I don't know. Just seems kind of, uh, when I think of the person that Harriet was describing, I was thinking of somebody a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I guess. What a shame. Yes, well, he probably caught it when he went to Springfield last week with his father. Well, anyway, what it means is, in order to keep the disease from spreading, she has to stay home and tend him. Which means, of course, that there's going to be no school. Hello! At least two weeks! Yeah! And this was... What happened when they closed schools at first here on Long Island? My son, he was on, he grabbed his phone. He was texting all his friends. Two weeks. And here we are oh, like God. five months later. <laughs> We're wondering mm-hmm. if they're going to reopen. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is. it is. It's always um, when you were a kid, when you got a snow day or anything like that would happen. You know, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Oh, did yeah. you did you get snow days? You were a California no. girl. I'm in California, but even if I did, my mom was a teacher. So even during the summer, I had homework because my mom would give me homework. So it would have probably just been another school day for me just at home. Mm. No fun. <laughs> no fun. A goody two-shoes. Um, so, mm-hmm. so Laura's growing up in this episode. I, I think that we're starting to see a more mature Laura. We're starting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's starting to... I don't know. And she looks a lot better. Like, even though she's wearing um, kind of like a big baggy dress, she just seems much more mature, um, even Mm -hmm. though she has pigtails. So she goes to her favorite fishing hole and she runs into a handsome young man. Yeah. Yeah. This I don't I don't like this story. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And I read somewhere really quick. For some reason, somebody said that he's 20 years older than um, Melissa Sue Anderson. And I'm like, I read no, that too, not. so I fact-checked it. No, he's only 19. He's three years older. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but I, I do like this um, this actor. It just... Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I thought this was cute. This scene that I'm about to play is cute. I'm not going to play every scene because I clipped the whole show. I don't know why I did. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll just go through some of this. Go through some of this. Hi. Hi. You going to keep me company? Well, school's out, so I thought I'd do some fishing. Well, why don't you sit right here and and tell me all about yourself. This is my favorite fishing hole. Here, let me give you a hand, Brown Eyes. We just moved to Walnut Grove, so I don't know that many folks around here yet. Hey, I guess that means I'm a stranger to you, too. My name's Seth Barton. 
Is your middle name Danger? Because Stranger Danger. Seriously. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say up to this point, it's still okay, I guess. I mean, I'm sure you've met people just randomly and started talking to them in life, right? Yeah, definitely. But I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm lucky I didn't get murdered. Now, granted, right. with the other podcasts you and I do, Unsolved Mysteries Rewind, we are always ready for danger at every single turn. So I'm sure that that has some influence here. Right. If you need a cautionary tale to be um, to understand why you need to take, you know, watch your back and everything, go to stillunsolved.com or just look up for Unsolved Mysteries Rewind. It's probably the best podcast about Unsolved Mysteries. I think so. Yeah, me too. It's two people. <laughs> All right. I can't keep calling you brown eyes now, can I? Well, you can if you want to. Yeah, but you must have a real name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Laura. Laura Ingalls. Well, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, Miss Ingalls. Thank you. My pond's farm's right up there, so I can fish in here a lot. I see. I always knew I'd have good luck. So she did a smart thing there. It's like, Laura, I live right over there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can, they could hear me scream. Um, yeah, my father really loves me. He'd come looking for me if I go missing. You might have heard of him. His name is Charles Ingalls. He's pretty popular oh, on the planet. <laughs> he just starts running. <laughs> yeah. So this this guy's pretty nice, I guess. You know, if let's just say he's not a creepo. Um, mm-hmm. His techniques are his tactics are are so innocent, really, but. He's a little bit more mature than Laura, but he really does seem to have some level of an interest in Laura, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he is really into her until dumb, beautiful Mary has to show her beautiful face. And the only thing that could... Well, all right, I'm going to mention the the, um, fan fiction scenario later. Okay. Pleasure. This is my house. Want to come in and meet my mom? I would, but it's getting late and I got to get ready. All right, you can meet her next time. Who's that? In that tone. <laughs> this is like 80 feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's that? Is that your mom? Oh, that's my <laughs> sister. Mary! Mary, this is Seth Barton. He just moved into town. I met him at the fishing hole. Hello. Nice to meet you, Seth. Nice to meet you, Mary. Seth, you want to go fishing tomorrow? I can't. I got to start my new job in the morning. Where are you working? A livery. That's Mr. Dorfler's place. So Mary's also totally interested in him. I mean, immediately mm-hmm. like, hey, um, you know, it's kind of like, and they make a good couple, you know, and they're probably about the same age and all that kind of good stuff. So. Yeah. Well, they're not. I mean, he's a little older, but on the show, they're probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on school, obviously. So that's interesting. True. Or maybe, maybe he didn't enroll yet because it's canceled. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. So we have, um, so we see this kind of weird love triangle thing happening. Laura obviously is starting to pick up on the fact that, you know, Mary's the pretty one. Mm-hmm. Um, so around the dinner tables where the kind of aggression is usually thrown around, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, we also get to see a lot of views of the kitchen that we've never seen before. Really. Yes. I right. didn't even know there was a door over there. I didn't even know there was room for a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Oh, no school for you girls for two weeks, huh? Any special plans? Mrs. Sims gave me some books to read. She wants me to take the teacher's examination after I graduate in the spring. Mm. I don't want to fail. I'm sure you'll pass with flying colors. But you have fun. Any special project? 
Not anymore. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Oh, there's a new boy in town. Seth Barton. I met him this afternoon. It's like, oh, Laura, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just exactly. rub it in. They add a little <laughs> bit of a salter wound. More like stole. What are you talking about? I saw him first. Don't you think he's a bit old for you? Well, no, I never got the chance to find out. <laughs> he must be quite something if he has you two squabbling over him like that already. Yes, indeed. I can't wait to meet young Mr. Parton. Mary, are you all right? Oh, yeah, my, my eyes are just a little tired. You're about due for an eye examination. Oh, no need for that. I, I think it's just all the studying I've been doing. Uh, you're probably right. You should get your eyes examined at least once a year. Now, is this propaganda here? I've never heard of this. Hmm. I know Maybe dentists twice have... a year. That I know. Yeah, I, I think if you have glasses, you're supposed to update your prescription once a year. Oh, I haven't done it in like three, four years or something. I, oh, same. When I mess up my glasses <laughs> and I have to go get new ones, I get a new test. Exactly. Yeah, once they're too scratched. I don't like, yeah, and I let them scratch. When I get glasses, I get like five pairs, and then I mm. just kind of cycle through them. Clever. And I keep one. That's a nice, very nice pair, so that when I have to go somewhere, I have nice mm. glasses. Mm. So I don't have to be so ashamed to be a four eyes. Um, <laughs> so this is, of course, you know, she's looks like she has kind of a migraine type of thing. You know, she's rubbing her yeah. temples and... You know, it just seems kind of weird. But back then to say, like, you have to get your eyes examined once a year is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And also, I know for a fact that Doc Baker can do that because he gives them to Jason Carter later, like much later. He gives him glasses. Yeah. I um, Doc Baker has a different role in this episode later. I wanted to bring up how he, mm -hmm. he's kind of counseling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very, very interesting. It's a very weird episode, but I think it's such an important episode. This is one of the most beloved episode, beloved episodes, right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is one of those ones that people, um, you know, if they can get away from the creepiness of like Sylvia, the ones that they talk about the most are things like when Mary goes blind. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. It's definitely so, a big one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, Laura goes into town and sees um, a very handsome young man. Laura, I'm really glad to see you. You are? Yeah, you can take a message to Mary for me. Tell her I gotta make a delivery so I'll be about a half hour late. Are you gonna see her again today? Yep. Don't it get boring? Nope. You're a good kid, brown eyes. Don't it get boring? Ouch. <laughs> Country girl. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Seth. You know, Seth also, also doesn't have that, um, he has a little bit of that Almanzo thing where he just doesn't get it. You know, like, yeah. she kind of likes you. You know, be a little nicer. I know, but he just sees her as just a little inconsequential kid. <laughs> yeah. No, and I get it. Um, he, he's just, um, he's, you know, he's a Walnut Grove bachelor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just playing the field. So I think we go to Mankato. Is, I don't know if we talked about um, where this is exactly. They don't say where it is in this episode. I know we've seen Dr. Burke at the eye doctor before, but and I'm just guessing it's Mankato. Yeah, Dr. Burke will return as um, in a future episode with Mary as well. Um, I like this guy, and I looked a little bit into the, I guess we'll talk about it more uh, as the plot kind of unfolds, but all of the eye 
exam stuff is so crazy looking. Um, I mean, mm. even nowadays when you get your eye exams, you know, the stuff, it's, it's pretty big and old looking. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like it's really come along too far, but they didn't have light bulbs back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's stuff like that I find very strange. You know, a flashlight, for instance, wasn't even invented until 1899. So, mm. yeah, so, I mean, all of these little things, I'm sure, once the 20th century came around and you could have little light bulbs and, you know, electric light that can be, that can retain a certain level of brightness. I'm sure that the entire industry of you know, um, corrective vision was, was enhanced greatly. So yeah, definitely. Must have been. So here we go. We're, we're in an eye exam and it's a little bit creepy looking, but doesn't seem too much, but here we go. Mm. All finished. You can relax now. Are they all right? Oh, yes. It seems to be a little eye strain, but basically you're fine. Strangles? Yes. Have a seat. Why couldn't Charles wait in there? <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't get. Some I don't stuff know. I don't understand. But <laughs> Been wearing your glasses, Mary? Yes, sir, for reading, just like you told me. You might try wearing them a little more often, at least for a while. There's nothing seriously wrong. Is there? Oh, no, not at all. The eyesight will usually deteriorate slightly in the first year and then level off. In Mary's case, the eye muscles are a little tired, that's all. I don't know. All this weird science. Like, I never heard of any of this. Mm-mm. You know, I just, I know as you get older, your vision gets worse and worse. And it just, mm-hmm. as with anything. Um, so she gets a new prescription. You know, nothing too dramatic. But what we do get to see is Mary bringing home a bow. Yes. This, um, I guess, what is this? A couple weeks later? I'm not really sure. There's not much yeah. of a timeline in this. these two parts, right? No, this is all over the place. But I believe it's the next day or that same night because he says, like, I missed you so much when you were gone. That's true. All right, here we go. Sad, enjoyed having you over. Come again soon. I like that, sir. Mrs. Ingalls, thank you for a delicious supper. You're welcome, sir. Well, good night. Good night. Good night. Hi, Mary. I'll walk with you. Is that code for something? Oh, yeah. Sure. I think the courtship between these two is, you know, it's so weird, like right now. You and I. You mentioned Unsolved Mysteries Rewind before, and we talk about some of the darker things in life. Mm-hmm. And to talk about this is so much, it's such like a flip side to it all. So yeah, I'm even, I'm thinking, you know, in my head, what I'm about to say, and it's like, so not something that would end up on that other podcast. But <laughs> I, I find that the courtship between Mary and Seth is just so sweet. And it, it just mm-hmm. really is. Um, it's just really nice. And as with like horror movies or, Little House in the Prairie, whenever things, when things are going really well, things are going to go very badly quickly. Yeah, uh, I know. But I do like this. I like them as a couple, and um, it just, it's very, it's tough to see this all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, here, they have a little bit of a, a chat as they walk away. I had a wonderful time this evening. So I like your family. He like you too, Seth. I can tell. I'm not so sure about Laura. 
think she may like it too much. Oh. <laughs> so we get we get a, a kind of a, a just a very sweet um, kiss. We get this growth of a relationship. We see her bringing home a boy. You know, this is all on Little House in the Prairie. Um, in the universe of Little House in the Prairie, this is usually ending up in marriage. Yeah, exactly. But this is very sweet. With the kiss, you're like, you're rooting for him. Oh, stuff. totally. Except for little Laura, who has a tantrum when she sees it and is like, I hate you, Mary Ingalls. I hate you. I don't know what TV show I'm thinking of, but I remember something like this happening and they have like a voodoo doll. It might have been <laughs> a movie. It might have been like Creep Show or something. And <laughs> like, I can just totally picture Laura having like, a hand-sewn doll of, of Mary with, like, the long blonde hair and just stabbing <laughs> it in the face or in the eyes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my. All right. So here's that uh, little tantrum, which I don't know. Maybe we've all been there at some point or another. We. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't know. I love this particular particular time of Little House Debris. It's a great time for all of the characters. I hate you, Mary. I hate you. <laughs> she even threw the pillow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got that tween angst. Yeah. So, one of the things I wonder if you you read the same thing, um, but it seems to be a little bit of a flub. <clears throat> when, yeah, it's yeah. actually not. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. It sounds like he says Carl. It is, is that what you're so, talking about? Yeah, there's this well-known blooper at nine minutes and fifty seconds where Michael Landon call, calls Carl Swenson, who plays uh, Mister. I can't believe I'm forgetting his last name. Hanson. He calls him Carl, which is his real name. But if you look, he's actually talking to another guy who's oh. working the saw. And the guy who's working the saw waves back at Michael Landon. Holy cow, Mike- I see him. <laughs> yeah, and then Michael Landon hops off and goes, good morning to Mr. Hanson. So he wasn't even talking to Mr. Hanson. Another update. Um, <laughs> now, I do, I'm going to play it only because I want it to be heard that it's not recorded as it was happening anyway. So this mm-hmm. is additional dialogue that was recorded in a studio and added, exactly. which happens so much on Little House in the Prairie. I don't, I don't know if you notice how often it happens, but oh, when yeah. you when you have horses and wagons and you can't record this stuff very well. There's, there were not very good wireless lavalier microphones back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you just were not able to get the kind of sound that you could get um, normally. And the sound on this episode, I don't know why. I've tried three different versions of it. They all sound weird to me. So <laughs> I'm having audio issues with Little House and Prairie lately. So um, here we go. He, he does say Carl, but yeah, I, I think you're 100% right about it being a different character. Hello. Hi, Carl. Yep. It's like in The Wizard of Oz when they say like the um, little person hangs himself in the background. You're like, no. Exactly. That looks like a ladder falling. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So they get some bad news thing. You know, there's always a little bit of a sub story going on. Yeah, there's some big to do, which I don't understand where the railroad is refusing to ship freight to anyone who belongs in the Grange. And so they're like, why can't we just use the wagons instead of having to rely on the train? But the railroad bought all the grain elevators and I don't know, but it's like bankrupting Walnut Grove. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you know that the Grange is still active? No, I'm not even 100% sure I know what the Grange is. 
The Grange is essentially, I'm going to find this because I, I looked this up before. Um, just give me a moment here. Grange is an organization of, it's officially named the National Grange of the Order of Patrons of Husbandry. And it's a fraternal organization in the United States that encourages families to band together to promote the economic and political well-being of the community in agriculture. The Grange, okay. founded after the Civil War in 1867, is the oldest American agricultural advocacy group. And um, in 2005, they had a membership of 160,000 members. Hmm. And um, right now, they ha- they're headquartered in Washington, D.C., and They've um, been there since 1960. So it's it's something that continues to go. But, of course, Michael, not Michael Linden, um, Charles Ingalls oh. is um, apparently one of the most important people, the founders, <laughs> of the, Grinch, the person who put it on the map. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they talk about the, the politics of what's going on in Walnut Grove. Some tough time is coming. I think this, of course, is a precursor to the episodes that will follow. Next season. This is, oh, by the absolutely. way, the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. This is the season finale. The season premiere of the next one is, you know, as long as we're together, where we meet Albert and stuff. And we're still dealing with issues with the, the Grange and the railroad. But we go back to the little house and Charles is like pouring over the newspaper and the Grange is going to sue the railroad. But the railroad's got the big bucks and they're going to squish them, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially it. And. Mary is having a continuous problem with his her eyes, so they take her back to possibly Mankato mm-hmm. to get um, to have the doctor take a look. And he he decides to ask her some questions, maybe that he should have asked her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is a little bit of a long clip, but I'm gonna try to like kind of skim through it as quickly as possible cause to play the whole thing. It's insane. The uh, illnesses, uh, bad ones, I mean. I had an operation once. It was awful. Even worse than when I had scarlet fever. Didn't know you had scarlet fever. It was a long time ago. He obviously doesn't watch the show. (laughs) (laughs) How about my eyes? Did you find anything? Uh, There have been some changes. Uh, Tell you what, I'd like to have a word with your paw. Just take a minute. So, this is... Like I said, this is a very, very long scene, and whoops, and I'm pressing play. He basically explains to Pop um, that her eyesight is diminishing. It is going; it's not going to get better. Um, the scarlet yeah. fever affected. I don't. I don't know exactly what scarlet fever is. I looked it up a little bit. Do you, did you happen to look into what scarlet fever is? And- no, I looked into why she actually went blind. Um, but oh, right. basically, he was saying that the scarlet fever like burned up or damaged her nerves in her eyes, and that they're only going to get weaker and weaker. But it turns out that she actually had like a series of strokes. Um, and you know, keep in mind this is like a fifteen-year-old child. But did um, she have a stroke from, say, a high fever? Well, apparently she had like viral, and I'm going to mess this up. Oh, it's a big men- one. Yeah, meningoencephalitis. Oh, it's not um, bad. Where the brain and the meninges become inflamed. Mm. So they said that she had a series of strokes and that, I don't know, but what's, what's mentioned in the books, the extent of it, because I looked it up, it's in By the Shores of Silver Lake. It said, Mary and Carrie and baby Grace and Ma all had scarlet fever. 
The fever had settled it into Mary's eyes, and Mary was blind. Her beautiful golden hair was gone. Pa shaved it close because of the fever, and her poor shorn head looked like a boy's. Her blue eyes were still beautiful, but they did not know what was before them. And that's the extent of what we know about Mary going blind in the books. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, nobody knew. It was kind of one of those things. I, I bet you he, she didn't even have this kind of heads up. Oh, yeah, no. And, uh, you know, he really delivers the bad news to Charles, who I think, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine hearing this about a child. Mm-hmm. And, but Charles is kind of, um, he's not willing to accept it, essentially. He's like, I'm not, there's no way this is true. There has to be something, uh, something I could do. My name is Charles Ingalls. I don't know mm-hmm. if I mentioned that. And, He's just simply not willing to accept it. And I think anybody in this situation would probably have go through the same exact thing. Sure. Um, here we go. Um, he's going to exit quickly from the office. You're wrong. Well, that didn't take long, did it? What did he say? Oh, nothing. Nothing important. What about my new glasses? Well, he said it's just eye strain. Give me a little glass that'll help you. Rest your eyes. They'll be feeling fine soon. Thank you again, Doctor. So that's, um, it's like, what's going on here? By the way, he got a sweet five-finger discount on that reading glass. He just snatched it right out of the doctor's hand and <laughs> he, stormed out. He did say, here's a, you know, here's a glass. And it's kind of like, yeah, there was no, like, well, how much do I owe you for this? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, Jonathan pulls up, um. Jonathan's pretty good in this episode. He's not in it too much, but yeah, um, they're they're they go back to the little house. Yeah, so he um kind of curious what's going on with Charles. Oh wait, sorry. Before yeah. we do, um, Ma comes outside and because Pa's like out smoking his tobacco and sulking. Yeah, and then Pa drops the bomb on Ma that Mary is going blind, and so Ma starts like screaming like no guy why and pa's like trying to quiet her so mary doesn't think anything's wrong and oh my god that's just so heartbreaking wait is that scene right after the doctor's office yes i think i have a different version of this oh i don't have that scene because i was wondering when the hell did pa tell ma because all of a sudden there's some type of secret Mm-hmm. yeah that happens right before jonathan swoops by <sighs> i've been i've been robbed <laughs> Well, thankfully you caught that. So if I'm glaring over something, please keep in mind that I might have a different version of this. Yeah, we'll do. Different cut. But yeah, Jonathan comes in. He's like, whoa. Missed you at the Grange meeting last night. Well, I wasn't feeling too well. Kind of been off your feed for a couple of weeks. Anything I can do? No, no, I'll be all right. How'd the meeting go? Well, we got the national reports. Don't look good. Railroads won't budge. I don't see how we can stand up to them. They got the money and, and we don't. So this is like an ongoing thing with Little House, you know. The Grange, you know, we got to stick together and all that kind of good stuff. Exactly. But everyone's like starting to leave town. Uh, Sprague's packing up the bank. And so Jonathan kind of knows something's up with Paul because he's like, why don't you care more about this Grange? Like the Grange is your life. But he doesn't know about the whole Mary issue just yet. Yeah, really nobody does at this point. No, just Ma. Yeah. And um, this is where I thought um, I was kind of curious why this scene existed. Um, Or rather why 
there was no other scene letting Ma know about this, about her daughter. Mm-hmm. So Pa's sanding the uh, shutters. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just kind of in there and he's just doing anything to keep his mind off of this, of course. Yeah, he's trying to keep busy and he goes, women's work done <laughs> to Ma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charles becomes a different kind of Charles when he's upset. Mm-hmm. Three weeks. Oh, wait, sorry. We're finishing the shutter. Even though it doesn't need it. Three weeks. She's getting worse, isn't she? I thought Charles was going to explode here. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just kept expecting him to just be in a rage or something like that. And maybe he would uh, He does in a minute. Yeah, oh, he yeah. really loses his cool at Laura in a second. Oof. Yes. Ah, By the way, <laughs> they're all the way outside, and that glass was, like, very loud. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, like, from the other room, you know. It's all right. No harm done. <laughs> no harm done. It was a huge fire. <laughs> um, was, this must have happened so often, right? Those, yeah. Not kerosene lamps, but oil lamps, right? Yeah. Holy I mean, cow. Fire happens so often in the world of Little House. This is the second fire that Mary sets while studying. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the one in the barn. Exactly. <laughs> Stupid Mary. But it, it's at this point where I'm... I'm in love with Mary. I just, I'm on her side. I'm, you know, it's totally, I cannot be mean to Mary again in this episode. Maybe a little, <laughs> it'll come. I'll find a place. Don't okay. you worry. It happened. <laughs> I, I was trying to read, but it seems so dark in here. I went to get another lamp. I dropped it. I think you've been working too much. Using your eyes. Can you imagine being so conflicted? You know, you, you mm. don't want to tell this child that her vision is getting darker and darker. And it's eventually going to be blackness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think they really bring it to the table so well. I mean, I just, I don't know. I feel like I would want to know. <laughs> I mean, I would want to as well, but I don't know if I would have the courage to tell you, you know? Yeah, true. And I mean, to be fair, as soon as Mary knows, she has a real bad attitude. And I'm not saying that it isn't deserved, but maybe you don't want this teenager sulking, you know, brooding for an extra three weeks if you don't have to. But I I was like, why won't you tell her? Yeah. I don't know. I I just hopefully I never have to tell anyone that kind of thing. It just seems like um, one of those kind of horrible things. But so they're like, yeah, all right, Mary, it's okay. You go upstairs and, you know, take a nap. So Pa is asking for a little help from Half Pint. Oh, we need a mop. Oh, I'm sorry. Ma is asking. <laughs> Me again? Mary gets to do anything she wants, and I have to do all the work. Your mother told you to get a mop. If you listen closely, you can hear Carrie fart. 
<laughs> out of nervousness. Like, I would. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, Charles Ingalls just yelled. Mm-hmm, and he immediately man. feels bad. You know, it's it's just, oh, man, it's everything is happening so bad. And the whole thing is just so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide that they're going to tell her. They're finally going to bite the bullet. This is a few weeks later, you think? This is three weeks later. They said earlier in the barn it's been three weeks. But Pa is, like, staring out the kitchen door, the door that's in the kitchen. And Ma's, like, trying to hug him. And then he just, like, storms out. And apparently he goes to church. Yeah. It's, like, um, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> and so we do get a nice moment in church. I'm going to play some of that. Reverend Alden's always just kind of, I don't know where Reverend Alden sleeps. Do you? He sleeps at the hotel. We don't normally see him in town at night or anyone. No, in town this at was night. weird. He said that he was getting the the place ready for church the next morning, but it's like 11 o'clock at night. Like, I cannot stress <laughs> how late at night it is. And it's just and he's like setting up pews and doing all, all right. this. What are you really doing, Reverend Alton? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I, I If you look really closely in the back, you see a little glassine envelope of morphine. Oh. <laughs> I hope not. No. So just, this is a very nice scene, though. Mm-hmm. Pray and I pray. Why doesn't God listen? He listens, Charles. And he always answers our prayers. He doesn't always answer in a way that we want but in a way that he thinks is best for each of us. And taking the sight from a 15-year-old girl would be the best thing. We're only finite. He's infinite in his wisdom. So, I mean, basically it goes on saying God does things. Um, I mean, if you ever believe in God... You probably have a lot of belief in this type of mentality, I guess. Everything happens for a reason. That's all he's saying. You know? Yeah, essentially. And, you know, the even though it might be a terrible thing, you have to um, go along with the plan, I guess. And Charles is angry. This is the Charles that we see every once in a while on the show. Mm-hmm. The, the one who questions the existence of God because... My crop has failed. I'm broke. I try so hard. I'm a moral good person. Why am I mm-hmm. being punished? And, um, you know, I think these are these are things that anybody who is a normal person, any um, mortal being questions these things. I don't think there's any shame in that. It's just mm-hmm. Charles is, you know, the, the epitome of a good man. So Definitely. So for him to question, holy moly. What's mm-hmm. going on around here? Pa goes to talk to Mary. Um, yeah, this is like the next day. I think this is after church. Mary's using her little reading glass that uh, Dr. Burke gave her. And Pa's like, "Ooh, I have got to spit it out. Like, I've got to tell this yeah. girl what's going on. Now, Laura's probably catching dinner. <laughs> I know. And Mary's reading a book. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's... um. I wanted to talk to you. So your mother and I have been hoping. And 
praying, but it was the scarlet fever, and it weakened the nerves in your eyes. It'll get better, won't it, Pa? My eyes will be all right again. The doctor thinks it'll get worse. Feels that you're gradually going to lose your sight. I thought that music was a little too dramatic, <clears throat> um, too theatrical, but um, that's it. That's the whole context of everything that's going on with poor Mary, and she breaks down. She loses it. She's Probably, I would imagine, in more denial than anyone that everything's going to be okay at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Poor um, Mary. What a scary thing to be told um, as well. I did also learn that a large amount of people who are blind can see the difference between light and dark. They can mm-hmm. often see the difference. It's just, um, but there's no detail. There's no, um, you can't make out anything, which it's it's a struggle, of course. You know, these are all of these um, things. And, of course, it's being thrown in the lap of somebody who wants to be a teacher and all of this know. stuff. No, she's just starting her life, you know. She's got she's not, like, a kid anymore. She's got a cute little boyfriend. She wants to be a teacher. She's And, again, she's good. She's moral. She does everything right. exactly by the book. And then to have this thrown in you, I can't imagine. How hard was it to live back then, let alone to be blind back then? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, as we know in later episodes, she kicks the butt of blindness. I know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, we also, I mean, I do want to mention, I'm I'm very excited to introduce the character that would one day, you know, that will marry oh. Mary, who, I, I, as a kid, I never really paid attention to Adam. I think oh. Adam is one of my top three favorite characters on the show now. I, I don't know say why. Adam is my number one favorite really? character. From the first time I ever saw this, I was here for Adam. Adam is so capable, so confident. He pushes her to be a better person. Yeah. Like, I love Adam. He's so dry. He's so sarcastic. But he, oh, I love Adam. He's definitely yeah. my favorite. But I will say with the caveat that I think blind-eyed Adam is better than sighted Adam. <laughs> and you know what? The man can dress. Because I would say that he's also one mm. of the best-dressed characters in the show. Oh, yeah. No, because he, he comes from that New York money. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knows he's got the posture and everything. Um, but there's one little scene right after Pa tells Mary that, you know, she, her sight is going away. We get this one shot of Laura that scared the hell out of me. Yeah. How could she even hear them talking so mutedly over a waterfall and she's just standing there <laughs> crying the whole time and then she just runs away? I don't know, but I'm just going to play the sound that they play as soon as they cut to her. It was like a scene out of the Night of the Living Dead. It was like a jump scare. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you cl- close the medicine cabinet and you see the bad guys behind you the whole time. 
Oh my God. You know, I'm wondering now if this version that I'm watching has a scene. I was literally thinking about this yesterday. I remember there being a scene in this particular episode and I didn't, I don't recall it. And do you remember there being a scene where Mary thinks that Adam is sighted? Yeah. Oh yeah. That happens. I don't have that. I'm very. It's not super obvious, but you know, when they're sitting down in part two playing the piano is when she realizes that he is. No, so it wasn't like a verbal thing. No, it wasn't a verbal thing, but she was like, you don't know the struggle of being blind. And he's like, uh, hello. I don't know. I think it's a Mandela effect. I, I remember a totally oh. different scene. Jeez. All right. Um, so we get Seth comes back into the picture. We're like, whoa, like when, how did yeah. that happen? He was like away at Sleepy Eye with his dad. They opened up a new livery because obviously nobody can even live in Walnut Grove anymore. Everyone's so destitute. So he comes running up to Jonathan is like, hey, I'm going to get my smooch on. Go say Mary, you mm-hmm. know, and he's like, oh, hey, real quick. Um, it's not really my news to tell you, but Mary is super blind. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, you know, and mm-hmm. I think just like anybody, he's really taken back. It's, he's not intentionally being mean. It's just um, he's not exactly being the most supportive person either. Exactly. And he's a teenage boy. You right. know, Like, what do you expect? So Jonathan decides to go to the little house on the way he stumbles upon Charles just kind of sitting staring into space talking about the Grange. Do you feel as though we should all have a friend as good as Jonathan? Oh yes totally I love Jonathan he loves Charles that's it's yeah he's he's a great guy. It's almost creepy no kidding but (laughs) (laughs) no but he um he's the type of guy who has he just has your back you know Mm -hmm. you might not even be best friends with the guy the guy is willing to throw down and support you and i'm um, mm-hmm. i i don't know i love the character so much man i love this episode <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're all kind of being a little jovial in the living room you know because you know mary's not around they're like all right mary's up there and just kind of chilling yeah mary's sleeping in she is like hitting snooze on the alarm everyone is like finished eating breakfast there's yeah. nice bread and marmalade on the table and everything laura and carrie are clearing the table Ma's feeding baby Grace, yeah. and then all of a sudden... The bread looks good, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Go, Ma! Help me! Help me, Ma! Help me! Mary? Help me! Mary? Ma, I can't see! I can't see! Help me! Help me! Now, did you totally tear up here? Uh, it was hard. I was scared for her. I was sad for her. But no, I didn't. I don't even think that this is the the hardest scene to watch. This got me because I started thinking, like, how scary it must be to wake up and not be able to find see anything. And um, I don't She's know. She's terrified. I felt so bad for her. I thought she killed it acting wise. I know this is the scene that traumatized a bunch of little kids watching this in the 70s. But yeah. Um, I, again, I don't think it's the most heart wrenching scene, but it really is like, whoa. And she does a very good job portraying it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, this is the beginning of where I, I'm just really thinking that Mary's doing, I mean, well, Melissa Sue Anderson is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, now we get, to, we go back into town and Pa and Ma are talking to Doc Baker in more of a counseling session than anything. And I just thought this yeah. was really interesting. <laughs> 
I don't know what to do, doctor. She says she's a burden to us and she hates it. We, we tell her it isn't true, but it doesn't do any good. This may sound harsh, Carolyn, but I think you're trying to do too much. She has to learn to do for herself if she's to have any kind of life. She can't do it for herself, doctor. We have to take care of her. You do too much and she'll retreat to bed and she'll stay there. I haven't been trained in the care of the blind, neither of you. She needs the help of people who have. Where do we find those people? There are schools for the blind. The nearest, one of the best, is in Burton, Iowa. So far away? No, she needs her family. Carolyn, she's living in fear and resentment now. With the proper help and training, she'll be a different person. So the the, I can't imagine how expensive it must be to send your child to um, what is essentially a private school like this. Yeah, but at the same time, later on, it seems to be completely free room and board. And Was it? Did they mention all that? the kids? I mean, I'm just saying, like in the next season when Adam's on his own teaching, all those kids are for free, no doubt about it. I almost but got the they, idea they were orphans too. I don't know why I, th- I was thinking that. I know that they said that their parents would, like, ship them off to there. But um, actually, this school is actually in Vinton, Iowa. The Real Mary did attend for nine years. Um, If you guys want to Google it, it's so interesting. Uh, Just search for, like, the blind school, Vinton, Iowa, Mary Ingalls, because they have so much information on Mary Ingalls' time there. They tell you what it was like for her, what her schedule was like. They have a little museum there dedicated to what the blind school was like during her time there. So you wow. could see the Braille readers. You could see the horse nets that they would make. Like, you can see everything on that website. It's really, really cool. Now, did you look into Braille? Like the uh, like... Yes, I did. Oh, of course you did. Um, <laughs> do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Let me just uh, find myself sure. here. But yeah, basically, uh, Louis Braille, he was a blind man, and he actually... Uh, adapted Braille, it was invented in 1824, and it was adapted from a night reading system that had been implemented in the late 1700s because soldiers in battle would need to be able to safely read correspondence without turning a light on or lantern on. Um, Yeah, so they would have these things. It's basically six dots in a kind of a rectangle, and just the placement of those dots would erase you know, different symbolize different numbers or letters. No, I read that um, the first um, iteration that um, Braille had brought to the public to present for blind, uh, he was only 15. Mm, interesting. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I know that it wasn't officially like adopted into a, a language of its own until like well after he had died, but at mm. least it was still named after him. He, so also, nice. he also died relatively young. He was 42. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know when when you hear about Braille and everything, we don't think about a guy dying in his early forties and inventing it in his mid teens. <laughs> yeah, it's really impressive, and it, I mean, it's still around. It, it's amazing. It's still, I, I think, it's the leading um, leading language for the blind. I'm I'm mm-hmm. amazed by it, of course, and um, I have so much respect for people. I mean, you've felt Braille before, right? I don't know how people yeah. distinguish it. I, I just don't feel like I have that. Tactile. I don't have that touch or thing. I was reading about it a little bit, and it's really interesting because the same, like, A is also one. 
B is also two. So it's like you really have to kind of intuit some of the stuff that you're reading to know because they're the same exact symbols. There's only a finite mixture of the six dots that you can do, you know? That's amazing. It really, mm-hmm. it really is. It's just a remarkable um, cryptology. I don't even know where to put that. It's a language. You know, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, it's a tactile language. But so Laura, um, Laura feels that she needs to help a little bit. Mary yeah, has the, found a the, chair. <laughs> well, yeah. And they have a bed downstairs for Mary. But basically, that's how it was in the books. Like, until they saved up the money to put her in college, they just sat her down in a rocket chair and gave her the baby and was like, here, entertain the baby, you oh, know, and no. until she went to school and she was able to learn to do so many things. And you don't want her up in the loft, you know, because, of course, the stairs. Yeah, exactly. So Laura's got that whole loft. You know, maybe you can... Move Carrie up there. That's what I was saying. Just switch them around, Mary and Carrie. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough. The whole the whole setup is uh, all of a sudden a lot more cramped. But somehow the I'll call it the living room area in the dining room area seems more roomy. All of a sudden, <laughs> it does. It's like a feng shui thing, but no mirror on the outside of the house. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> I do, Bruce Lee. Yep. Can I get you something? No. A cup of milk? A cup of cool water? I told you no. I ironed a dress for you. I can help you change. No! Well, how about me brushing your hair? I can do that. Well, you have it, and it needs it. He can't twist the knife, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it's, keep telling me how beautiful I am. Seriously. So, yeah, this is, um, Mary has retreated to the chair, and she's, you know, maybe, she. it's okay to do this, I think, a little at this point. I mean, yeah, she's just, like, really feeling sorry for herself. And I'm not saying it's not deservedly so, because that's exactly what I would be doing. But she's spending a lot of time in bed or a lot of time in the chair, and... <laughs> Laura's like, brush your hair, girl. You look a mess. And she's like, why? Is Seth going to come over? No. And she is just like, whoa, she is so angry. Yeah. You would think Gil Gerard was in the room. That's how angry Seriously. So um, Ma comes in to talk to her about um, a, a plan. Oof. Mary. Your pa and I have been to see Dr. Baker. He, uh, he knows about a school. He thinks maybe it would be a good idea if you went there. Just for a while. Could I do a school? It's a school for the blind. They teach you a lot of things there. Can they make me a teacher? Teach me to see. Mary, it, it, it won't be for long. Just try it and... I've never heard one of the schools around here. It's not around here. It's in Iowa. Yeah, I understand now. You just want to get me out from underfoot. <laughs> 
she's really being kind of a jerk. I mean, I understand you're sightless and all of this. I just feel like maybe not a jerk, but I don't know. I just I get it. She's so bitter. She's so angry. Yeah. And like, can they teach me to see? It's like, all right, relax. Like, come on. <laughs> but I will say, like, you just want to get me out from underfoot. Like the way she says, it, I feel so bad. And there's well, no yeah. way to explain to her. Like, this is for your own good, and you'll be so much better on the other side. Like, I feel so bad for Mon pottering this, and I feel bad for Mary. Yeah, I just, we don't even see Carrie. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, Carrie's just like, I'll just be hanging out with the dog outside with the chickens. Seriously, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of drawn-out scenes. Mary, that's not true when you know it. Oh, yeah. The dog sent me away. This is where, I, as a parent, I just go, okay, I'm not going to. Oh, I know. I know. That's like the hardest part. But uh, I will say how difficult it must be to have to go to a brand new place where you don't know your way around yes. without anybody that you know. But it is interesting because on that website that I was talking about where they talk about, you know, the Mary Ingalls era at the blind school, they specifically said, and I quote, Parents were encouraged to stay with their newly enrolled child the oh. first few days until the child began to get acquainted with their new surroundings. Maybe she was, um, they were, they were trying out a new method with Mary. I guess. <laughs> it didn't quite work out. Mm-mm. Um, Laura does the right thing. Laura, Laura's a good sister, I think. Yeah, she's helping out. She runs up to Seth and she's like, uh, why haven't you been around? Like, I thought you cared about Mary and you're just staying away because she's blind. He's like, no, I'm not staying away because she's blind. I'm just staying away because she can't see. <laughs> and that is awkward for me. And she's like, I thought you loved her. Like, how dare you? And she runs off. Yeah, she runs off in the, in a total like Laura fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you notice, Laura looks like she's flirting a little bit. No, she doesn't. But (laughs) that'd be very dark. Like if all of a sudden she's like, oh, by the way, Seth and I are dating. I guess I just got bumped up to first place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sisters. (laughs) I know. But Seth does stop by. He got the hint from the guilt trip that Laura laid on him. And Mary's just kind of lounging in bed. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to Iowa. Like until this little nuisance with my eyes clears up. So she's definitely still in denial. Yeah, I'm going to play a little bit of that. Mary, you've got company. Seth? I'll be out in the yard if you need me. And you know what? In this scene, Mary puts on a good face, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mary? Seth, how are you? I've been busy working at delivery a lot. Oh, that's good. Uh, look, I meant to come out earlier. I understand. I've been busy, too. I'm getting ready to go to Iowa. Yeah, I'm going to school there for a while. Until this news is my eyes clears up. I can imagine the talk in town. Probably blown this whole thing out of proportion. Yes, probably. I couldn't imagine. I would. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't want to hear what Harry is saying right now. Oh, God, no. Um, I don't even want to think about that. But Nellie, you're the prettiest girl in town again. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> so, um, so 
they have a little bit of a confrontation. Um, yeah, she, she looks like she almost falls. She almost falls and he catches her and she's like, get out of here. Like, don't catch me. Like, I don't need your help. And that's the last time we ever see Seth. Yeah. He learned his lesson, but I guess so. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Let her fall on her face? Like he didn't right. do anything wrong, but she's embarrassed. So it's just, it's so hard. It's hard on everybody. Like, get your damn hands off her. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, we're in the cart the next day. We're off to Iowa. Yeah, I guess Jonathan's dropping Mary and Pa off at the train station. And that is where we leave part one. I do want to play the heartfelt goodbye that, um, Laura and Mary have at the end. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, Ma first says that it's a fine day out and she's like, whatever. And, and here's Laura. Hurry back. We'll miss you. Bye. And that's the end. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't get all sloppy about it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, this is the end of part one. Next week, we will continue with, of course, part two. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Walnut Grovecast by heading over to patreon.com slash Any support is appreciated. 